somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by Leonora Cavota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. Well, of course, the top story today is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. She won her case, right? Terry Sanderson. Lost. Lost. Uh, well, you, while we followed that trial with a lot of interest, and I think justice had its day with Gwyneth Paltrow um, winning her case because uh, Terry Sanderson's uh, problems were all present well before the uh, ski trip. But uh, didn't I want har- to go into that long. But uh, <laughs> but I hardly think that. that, that <laughs> but I hardly think that's the big case. Yeah, of no. The, day. the big story is. The big story is President Trump uh, indictment. And, and that's a sad day for America. You know, yesterday we talked about it and we were saying that uh, the grand jury was going to go on a break for a month. And so right away, you know, you're thinking, you know, uh, Bragg blinked, right? That's yeah. what everybody was saying. And there were people that were at Mar-a-Lago. There was an event at Mar-a-Lago yesterday. Yeah. And Gina, um, Dr. Gina, Dr. Gina, she was there. She took photographs. And I don't know how President Trump does it, actually, because in the wake of all of this, this, this disgusting, absolutely disgusting display of diversionary tactics and politics in America, because that's what this is. It's all about diversion. And. It's all about getting your eye off the shiny or, or, or off the the problems by throwing a shiny object out there and getting everybody to rubberneck and not put keep their eye on the ball. And that's really what we, we should not do. We should not fall into that trap. We should not take the bait on this. Um, we should protest peacefully. And we, sh- we should uh, make ourselves heard about this, but you're going to have to multitask. You know, obviously, what we've been saying for years now is this is war. I think I could actually say that ever since 
ever since Trump went down the escalator, it was war. And they tried to, to play it down as, as in 2015. They tried to play it down as he's a joke. And then he wasn't a joke. Despite all their cheating, they didn't have the right algorithm. They didn't know the underbelly of the United States. And Donald Trump won the 2016 election. Then, after four years of great success, well, three years of great success and one year of a bioweapon that was engineered with the help of Dr. Fauci, NIH, the State Department, Ukraine, USAID, and the Department of Defense, in alliance and coordination with China, because, see, they all had a plan, and the plan was for China to do all the manufacturing for the world, and they liked that. So China is in bed with the Bidens, and China is on board with the globalists. You see, it's not, Russia is not so much in, in, in line with the globalists. There's a triangulation here that's going on in the world. And if you don't think that this brag indictment has anything to do with George Soros, DAs, and funding DAs, and the, the basic strategic, basically the strategic attack of our country, then you're not seeing this clearly. See, in my opinion, this is a global attack on our country. And the puppets in our country that are elected officials right now are part of their spear. But this, make no mistake, this is a global agenda. And it's, it's, it's a good versus evil. It's also globalism versus nationalism. And right now, this is a play by the globalists. This is an attack on a nationalist populist in Donald Trump. Donald Trump presented an existential threat to globalism. Why NATO? 15 years after the Soviet Union collapsed, why NATO? If we only just brought Russia into G7 to make it a G8, there would have been a whole new dynamic, and we would have had all kinds of new leverage to where Russia wouldn't have thought twice about invading Ukraine. And if we didn't meddle in Ukrainians' elections, as Victoria Nuland did in 2014, and as we disrupted that country and propped it up as a puppet for money laundering and strategic aggression toward uh, underhanded, and by underhanded I mean off the books, strategic aggression against Russia. If we didn't play that game and just allowed uh, Ukraine and Russia to work things out regionally, then we would have been a better country as a whole ourselves. Just like we would be a better country today if we allowed the people to run the country and just had the government as servants. But as we said about the Glenn Greenwald piece, The private sector has become scrutinized and censored and and eavesdropped on. And it's the public sector that's not transparent, that is hiding things. 
we listened to uh, various statements with Rand Paul and, and Blinken with regard to the origins of gain of function, and every document is sealed, even though they've been dis- declassified. So there's a lot of distractions. What are we distracting from? Well, I have news for you. You know, there's a... Um, a mil- Right here it says, Matt Gates says, former Missouri Solicitor General John Sawyer reveals that Biden White House staffers were badgering social media companies to censor content and suppress lawful speech. I have a five-minute clip on that in exchange to get to the truth on that. We have the Restrict Act. We have the TikTok Restrict Act. Has anyone actually read the Restrict Act? Why are the Senate Republicans supporting this trash? You have deputies uh, from the right-wing Australia Freedom Party left, uh, left the Parliament Hall during a video broadcast of a speech by Ukrainian President Zelensky. Greg Price writes this, In the last month, Russia ditches Russia ditched the dollar to trade in yuan. Brazil ditched the dollar for yuan. Iran ditched the dollar for yuan. China brokered peace between Saudis and Iran. Saudis and China came to agreement to build oil refineries. China traded in yuan with France. If the Saudi Arabia fully ditches the dollar for yuan, that's all of the world's major oil producers aligning with China. This is what happens when you put a dementia-ridden fool up against Xi Jinping. The fact is, the United States' irresponsible and reckless fiscal policies, debt, deficit, and spending has the world taking a second look. They know that the monetary systems here are failing and speeding toward a collapse. When the music stops... They do not want to be without a chair. That's a good point. So this is a, a, a real problem. The key to, and, and then yesterday also, you had the Freakazoid Trans group invade the Nashville uh, uh, state capital. And uh, was it the state capital? I is believe that the, so. Is Nashville so. the state? Capital? Nashville is okay. the capital. So they they were, but they were in the in the in the Nashville, and they were in the Capitol building, and they were um, basically sowing seeds of violence, and nothing was said about that. This is a terror group, right? No one's talking about that. They don't want to talk about the gun. They don't want to talk about their whole narrative blowing up in their face. The Nashville school shooting, Holly says, and I had a clip for this. The Nashville school shooting should be investigated as a hate crime since the transgender shooting intentionally targeted Christians. Of course, they can't do anything but lie in the White House with Jean-Pierre. Incredible. Representative Thomas Massey exposes how the federal government signed up with social media companies as a social media partner. So you have the FBI proof that they were colluding with social media, censoring Americans for political power. Still no explanation from the IRS as to why they made a visit to Matt Talibi, 
And Matt Talibi's house, he's the guy that's pushing out the Twitter files the day he testified before Congress. And let's see. What else? (coughs) We have a lot of things going on in our country that, you know, and just take a listen to this. This is a this is a clip. We're going to start off with Monica Crowley, not Monica. Yeah, Monica Crowley, I think. It looks like Monica Crowley. Yeah, it is Monica Crowley. All right, here we go. I want to make a very serious point about this because we we can laugh about it, but I think the American people are really angry that we are in the position, that the country is in this position where we basically have a senile president who is deliberately torpedoing the country. That's number one. Number two, when we dismiss a lot of this stuff as senility and so on, do not underestimate the intentionality of the destruction that he is wreaking on this country. So when we laugh and dismiss it, Keep in mind that this is all deliberate. It's all by design, and we should be taking it very seriously. I want to make a very... All right, so caller, we we have a caller on the air. What would you like to say about the uh, indictment today? Uh, Yes, uh, good morning, guys. Uh, I equate this, what happened yesterday, to the Battle of Bull Run. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people remember Bull Run, but that was when Civil War, first battle of the Civil War actually happened. And the Union uh, actually had people in like a, a, a balcony section in the distance watching. With They're having picnics, and they thought, oh, this is going to be over in, in uh, minutes. We're going to wipe out these Confederates, and that's that. But uh, what happened was, as everybody know, the, the, the war went on for six years, and the Battle of Bull Run started, and the Confederates, it's almost like this is happening right now where – the White House is laughing and the, everybody's laughing and they don't know what they're in for. And it's like the opposite. Like the North is the South and the South is the North. Um, the, the, now the South is the Bible Belt and uh, they believe in God. And the North in D.C. is like Antichrist. Uh, it, so it's like history repeating itself, but in the opposite way. And uh, I, I don't know, but. This is, to me, like the Battle Bull Run. It has now started. We are in an actual fight now with the first first uh, shot fired in a, in, a, in a literal sense sort of way and with Trump's indictment. And, uh, you know, I, I think right now the only thing I can think of is uh, I hope Lenora uh, will talk about Ralph Waldo Emerson uh, on a future poet because I'll oh, tell you, I one. need some. Uh, I need some <laughs> some <laughs> encouragement at this point in time. But anyway, God bless you guys. And, Thank uh, you. God bless All the right. country. Great, Thank su- you. great suggestion. Thank you. So uh, for, 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 what's his name? Ralph, Lord- Ra- Ralph Waldo Emerson. Ralph Waldo Emerson. So what do you know about him? Um, well, I haven't, I haven't read him recently, but I did read him when I was in, in college, so we could definitely do... With your I, Masters of Literature? Well, it's, it's been a while since the, I've done Ralph Waldo Emerson, was but... complimenting your MBA, uh, is that right? But yeah, but it, but it would be an interesting show. And, and to our listeners, we're not going to do the Literary Corner today because we are uh, giving uh, the indictment yeah. of 
President Trump front yeah, and center but, attention. Uh, tell the folks what we were going to be what talking about. What we were going to be doing, and we are going to do it next week, is we were going to be covering Dickens. But Dickens from uh, what was the uh, movie, movie? Well, no, we were going to we were going to great be, expectations. We were coming Charles Dickens, and we were going to probably be likely focusing on uh, one of my favorite novels, Great Expectations, which has probably been made into a film like ten or twelve times, including a modern version, which yeah. starred Ethan Hawke and yeah, Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow. Yeah. But we were, were talking. Yeah, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow, who won her case yesterday. Hey, so listen, we're not going to be doing um, Literary Corner. I know everybody's going to start people crying. people are disappointed, yes. <laughs> but we are going to open up the phones. If you want to call in, and particularly if you haven't called, because we have a lot of routine callers that call in um, that, that know the number and are comfortable calling in. But if you want to call in and just tell us uh, like a quick 30-second thought, about what uh, what you're feeling and thinking about this Trump indictment. Uh, the number is 215-TOP-TALK. That's uh, 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255. If you'd like to call in and be heard today. Um, you know, because this is just an incredible... Uh, problem that we're experiencing here uh, in our country, you know. And again, I think it's a distraction. Jesse Jesse Walters was talking um, about uh, the Restrict Act. Asks Lindsey Graham why he supports the Restrict Act, and Lindsey Graham li- literally equivocated, which was kind of in- interesting. He said, "Well, there's two Restrict Acts, and you know." So he's like, "Which one?" and so then he said, I'm going to take a re-look at it because my staff looked at it and they positioned me on this. Um, so he actually listened to Jesse Waters on that, and that uh-huh. was pretty incredible. Um, Italy moves to ban lab-grown gra- lab meat to protect food heritage, right? But Well, that's one of the other things Char- that are happening Charlie that's Kirk, happening to society. Charlie Kirk writes, the Rainbow Mafia is trying to overthrow our sacred democracy in Tennessee. They must be stopped. And here there's a meme. It says, no border walls, no voter IDs. You figure you figure it out yet? So no border walls, no voter IDs laws, right? So what, that's a recipe for a disaster. So I wrote a piece to that meme. And I said, CBP1, that's that app is used for processing registrations, mail-in voting, distributes all the ballots, ballot harvesters collect them, fill them out, and drop them off over the course of a month. Mail-in ballots are counted last as needed without signature verification after election. So Democrat moderate senators like Senator Sinema, Kristen Sinema, Senator Joe Manchin, among others, must change parties and caucus with the Republicans to change Senate leadership over this Trump indictment. If they are truly moderates, they should not support. There should be penalty, folks. And I agree, I agree with Ned Ryan when Ned Ryan says the Republican AGs ought to indict a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. I thought that was powerful. Um well, that's what he was saying. He was saying basically, if this has become the new litmus test, then you're gonna you're gonna be indicting tons of people. 
Right. Right. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. No. No. I thought. I thought it was an interesting, an interesting point when he when he made that when he was talking about uh, hush payments or so called hush payments. You know, I mean, a lot of this stuff isn't even proven. Uh, but if that becomes the case, if that we're suddenly going to do that to everybody, um, or have these types of investigations, you're going to see a lot more people uh, being being indicted. And, and you know, and that and that and you know, and again, we keep talking about Alvin Bragg, this DA. This DA is the same DA who uh, pursued the cases against uh, the Trump business exor- uh, organization for um, other uh, alleged misuse of funds, et cetera. So he, you know, he's you know been on uh, the Trump case for a while, and he's e- even made a comment in two twenty in twenty twenty one that he knew Trump better than a lot of people knew Trump. So I mean. He, he he clearly has an agenda, and it's interesting, you know, as we've discussed, that a case that the federal go- government, the federal prosecutors threw out, you've got um, a weaponized uh, district yeah. attorney in New York taking it on. Yeah. Well, here's Ned Ryan. I found that clip. Okay, so here, let's take a listen to this. I, th- To me, this is where my heart is, yeah. right here. Ned Ryan speaks for me on this one. With reactions now. Ned, what's your first thought about this? Well, they're targeting a political opponent over policy differences. The un-American left is ushering in a new era of pure power politics uh, in which they've decided rule of law, equal application of it is dead. I I would argue, Tucker, we're we're really living an illusion of a constitutional republic than an actual reality of it. And now the the real rules of the game are 100 percent laws of weapon. And I think the real question I have is, are red state AGs and DAs prepared to wage this war of lawfare? And I don't want to hear any of them say, ooh, it's icky, we're better than that. If Whoever says that, I really believe doesn't know what time it is, because we're in a Cold War, Civil War era in this country uh, in which we have to decide and commit to the policy of mutually assured destruction. Democrats are launching nukes at us. We better decide we're launching nukes back at them until they stop. And if we don't do it, if we don't understand, right now we have two sets of laws, a bifurcated legal system in which one side gets the entire legal system thrown at it, go to jail, and the other one gets to skate free. And if you don't fight it, and if you just accept it, we will slouch our way into a one-party state, one-party system, which ultimately ends up in authoritarianism. The stakes here, I I can't even begin to tell you how deep and how consequential the stakes are of what's taking place now. And I have to tell you, Tucker, my greatest fear is that too many Americans, too many Republicans are asleep in the light and don't understand what's going on. And if they don't wake up and don't know what time it is, we will find ourselves on that path to one state party, one party state in authoritarian government. Okay, you could just play that over and over in a loop in your head and believe it because every single thing that Ned Ryan just said there is absolutely true. That's exactly what's going on. And until we start hammering back on their toes, you know, and torturing them like they're torturing Trump and torturing us, uh, they're never going to, they're going to laugh until they get punched in the face. They're going to keep on laughing. Because that's exactly what they're doing on uh, on uh, social media. Well, that's the Mike they're, Tyson They're basically line. saying, and nobody's above the law. Yeah, that goes for you too, too Jack. Exactly. I mean, well, why aren't we talking about all the crimes of the in the Biden family? Nobody's above the law, right? No. If you could listen to one part of my show over and over and over again, that piece right there, Ned Ryan uh, nailed it, and I'm so glad 
because that wasn't even on my queued up clips. Um, but uh, that is exactly where what time it is. Uh, Glenn Youngkin's getting a lot of buzz right now this morning. He says, it is beyond belief that District Attorney Alvin Bragg has indicted a former president and current president candidate for pure political gain, arresting a presidential candidate on a murder-manufactured basis should not happen in America. The left's continued attempts to weaponize our judicial system erode people's faith in the American justice system, and it's it needs to stop. Um, I wrote this because I definitely think this is globally inspired. Bragg was uh, financed over the tune of, of over a million dollars by Soros. I said Soros DAs. I wrote this before the indictment came down. I didn't yeah. know about the indictment when I wrote this. Okay? And I said Soros DAs not only fail to prosecute an army of criminals who kill Americans... Soros DAs also refuse to investigate election fraud that benefits from Soros NGOs and nonprofits and electronic voting machines, all of which Soros is invested in. It's no wonder his Sololinsky disciples like Obama and the Clintons and the World Economic Forum partners exploited their COVID bioweapon to rig elections with blanket mail-in ballot mandates and their army of ballot harvesters. Dissent was muzzled by masks and censorship, endorsed by woke corporations who benefited from climate initiatives like the Paris Agreement to redistribute manufacturing away from the West towards slave labor in China and India. This attack on humanity was forged out of, a, out of greed, sponsored by the profits from cheap labor, vaccines, and electric vehicle mandates and supplements. Their ad dollars controlled their corporate media. Trump was their wake-up call to roll out the evil plans, their evil plans, sooner than later. Giving up control was not an option for them. And this is a world war. This is a fundamental war. This is a biblical war of good versus evil. This is what Liz Harrington had to say about this. This is one of Trump's chief spokespersons. The corrupt class ruling this country has proven that they would rather burn this nation to the ground and totally destroy it than allow the American people to choose their leaders ever again. That is a disgrace, but they're in for a very rude awakening because more and more people, the only thing this does is wake up more and more people who are rallying to the side of the truth, to the side of President Trump, who is only fighting for the American people and is not going to be deterred. He is more determined than ever to save this country because it makes it so clear that our country truly is at stake. You know, you're going to start to see T-shirts that they're going to say, I am Donald Trump. Yeah. Because, you know, if for the grace of God, it would be you, right? Well, and that's what this case shows us. This, is, If they can do this to a former president, or actually it started while he was a sitting president, they can do it to anybody. Right. And that and that's the st- that's what we're moving towards. Oh, we got to fight back against this. We, we we cannot peacefully fight back against it. We cannot allow this. Right. And here's what Rick Grinnell had to say. Yeah, I mean, look, what people need to to understand is this case is going to fall apart. But the Democrats don't care about that. They don't care if it was a weak case. They want the circus. 
They want the power to rough up Donald Trump so that he can't run. Look, uh, let's be very clear. The Democratic Party has indicted the opposition leader. And what I'm saddened about is, as someone who's you know spent 12 years at the State Department, we used to call this out in other countries. We used to condemn other countries that, that somehow indicted the political opponents so that they right. didn't have a, a race in, in public office. And now the Democrats have done it. They've taken away the ability of the United States to condemn this in other countries when it really does happen. And you know who's been cheerleading the entire way, the entire way down is the media. Right. Yeah, that's true. And you know what else? Think about that, like Sarkozy, uh, Jacques Chirac, yeah. and all these, all these different scandals. And these became worldwide global scandals. This is a worldwide story. Yeah. Leonora, you read a French magazine every single morning. Right, and I was right? actually looking. I read Le Figaro, which is sort of a, like a French conservative publication. Right, but it, you read it in French. Yeah, right? yeah, I read yeah. it in French, and they have an article on there right now, of course, about Donald Trump. Yeah, and yeah. this is a worldwide story. Of course, it's a worldwide story. This is a worldwide story. embarrassment. Do- Donald Trump and this, sneezes, this, this guy, it, sneezes, and the whole world. But talks this guy, about Alvin Bragg, is just a two-bit Soros DA, and he unleashed. Unnecessarily, a seven-year, a seven-year payoff for Stormy Daniels, who basically was very clear, said she didn't, do, she had no relationship with Trump, yeah. and then Michael Cohen, with his own attorneys, said no, my, Trump, Trump had nothing to do with it, and Costello actually spoke to the grand jury. Now the grand jury. Needs about uh, twelve out of the twenty-three yeah. to say yes in a city where eighty-five percent voted for Biden, um, but they only need one dissenting vote, yeah. uh, and they're going to be very, very particular how they pick this jury. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to get an indictment because they're not going to get everybody to agree with this yeah. BS. Leonora, so what were you reading over there? In no, no, no. I was read. I was reading about you know the yeah. the French reaction to Trump, but I want to say something again about Alvin okay. Bragg. You know what they call that case? The one about the Stormy Daniels case uh, in, in the district. Uh, the, what in do they Manhattan call Manhattan DA's office? The zombie case because it's been brought up and dropped so many times over the years. All right. So I want to listen to. Uh, there's two bits we're going to play from Fox and Friends because that was the latest information that we had, and this. This guy, uh, Felix uh, Felig, Mr. Felig. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, what was uh, his first name? Yeah, we'll uh, get it. Uh, Elliot Felig. Elliot Felig. And it's Felig, F-E-L-I-G. Yeah. And uh, we're going to we're gonna go ahead and play this clip. He's a former prosecutor. Yeah. But first, we're going to play Peter Ducey. Yes, Peter. And nobody in this town is really saying Trump didn't do it. Instead, they are just arguing about whether or not he should be charged. You talk about the line that you can't cross. In my view, Jesse, they crossed it months ago when they weaponized the FBI against parents, when they weaponized the FBI against everyday Americans who want to exercise their right to free speech, and now they're just accelerating it. I think the Democrats know this has nothing to do with the law. They're sending a message. Chuck Schumer says Mr. Trump is subject to the same laws as every American. He will be able to avail himself of the legal system and a jury, not politics, to determine his fate according to the facts 
and the law. And Nancy Pelosi says, the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. No one is above the law, and everyone has a right to a trial to prove innocence. Hopefully the former president will peacefully respect the system which grants him that right. But the electoral system is what's front of mind for many Trump backers. They're trying to destroy Donald Trump because they fear him at the ballot box. They're trying to drain him dry. He spent more money on lawyers than most people spend on campaigns. They're trying to bleed him dry. President Biden has said in the past he would feel fortunate to run against Trump again. But President Biden hasn't made a 2024 run official. He actually hasn't said anything about this. Neither have his top officials we do expect to see him, though, striding out to Marine One for a trip to Mississippi in about 55 minutes. If he does not talk about it then, it might be a couple days. Back to you. And, Peter, I know you reached out to the White House yesterday to ask if they had any comment. They said, nope, we don't. So will people be on the South Lawn here within the hour to shout a question at him? Yeah, he's scheduled to leave at about 8 o'clock, so we'll go start lining up uh, in about a half an hour. Uh, and just try to get a good spot. <laughs> I've said from day one, this is a political stunt. This is a I mean, If Comer. this were the first case against yeah. Donald Trump, if this were the first time uh, anyone had gone after Donald Trump, it might be different. But you look, the Democrats tried to impeach him before he ever even took office over Russian collusion. They spent two years looking into that. Then we all learned that was fake. That was all based on a fake document, the Steele dossier. Then they finally impeached him over Ukraine when now what we're learning, the real quid pro quo wasn't Donald Trump. It was Joe Biden when he tried to hold up foreign aid when he was vice president in, in exchange for firing the federal prosecutor in Ukraine that was investigating the corruption uh, from his son. Uh, then the Democrats released all of his taxes for years and years and years, thinking that that would uh, create some type of uh, legal backlash, and it didn't. Now the local DA gets him on federal campaign finance violations. Maybe. Uh, it just it, it it's, makes no sense, and it's another example of why the American people have lost confidence in our judicial system. Yeah, you, go ahead. Well, I mean, when you look at this case and you're you understand the facts, paying a woman, she's accusing him of something, he has to pay her so that it doesn't come out. Um, that happens all the time in business, especially uh, you know when you're talking about politics or wealthy people who are public figures. Whether it's true or false. Exactly. Um, so many people thought this is this isn't going to be a big big deal in New York. There's no way that they're going to indict him. And, but then you looked at what happened with January 6th, and you know that they're working on cases in D.C. You know that there are possible yeah. cases in in Georgia. So what was your reaction yesterday when this news broke? Well, one thing that we're concerned about in Washington, the Congressman Jordan and myself, is that there's coordination being conducted here between Merrick Garland's DOJ and all these different entities that are going after Donald Trump. This is a political witch hunt. They are doing everything in their ability to create a na narrative uh, that would hurt Donald Trump. But I will tell you, I was at a baseball game last night. My son played baseball. There were parents coming from both teams up to me news had just broken that trump had been indicted mm -hmm. and, and people were just coming up and they weren't real political people they're like why won't they just leave him alone why can't we just stay out of our elections and let the american people decide so i think that democrats risk a backlash from this you know you look in the midterm elections in new york and the voters turned their backs last november on the democrat party because of crime and here we have you know new york a very high crime city 
we've got the the local district attorney uh, trying to be a hero for the national left wing of the Democrat Party and indict a presidential right. candidate over federal campaign finance violations where the statute of limitations expired years ago. And James, as I mentioned, they're going after Elon Musk now. He was once a hero because of Twitter. Uh, and the Twitter files with Matt Taibbi, the, knock, the IRS yeah. is knocking on his door. It could be a coincidence. I doubt it. When you talk about a New York City time, a crime rage, Bragg is an embarrassment uh, to the country, but especially to the city. He, his first statement was how little crime he was going to prosecute. And he got what he wanted, a lot of crime. Robberies up 25%, felony assault up 14%, burglary 22%, grand larceny 26%, stealing cars up 32%. Overall misdemeanors are up 20%. So, uh, And we know about the smashing grabs that we're seeing constantly, thanks San Francisco. So let's talk about what's going on with your weaponization of government. What happened yesterday uh, with the Democrats just shouting through the whole testimony? Let's take a look, and then uh, I want you to comment. If we're not going to have the ability to cross-examine, I, w- I would move that we move to strike the testimony provided by uh, Senator Schmidt and, and Attorney General Landry. If we're not going to observe... You mean you want to censor it? Is that... You want to censor their I testimony? I want to strike it. I want to strike it. I want to strike it. If we aren't able to, to probe the, Stephen Lynch, the veracity Democrat of their statements, the truthfulness of their statements... You will be given your five minutes here with, uh, when we get to the uh, five minutes. They're not here. They're, they're not here they're to they're understand they that. They, be able to they ask. have scurried you away can, with you your complicity. You, uh, they, they refuse they to defend. They have not scurried away. They In were a country of 330 like million people, you Mr. couldn't find people for his to defend five minutes their statements. That's pretty disgraceful. Gentlemen, may proceed. Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member Plaskett. Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. I move to adjourn. The gentleman is, is not This is a mockery. This is a mockery and a disgrace. What's going on there? I know you weren't there, but what is happening? I mean, the Democrats are losing their mind. They, they know that uh, our Department of Justice has been weaponized, and they're working with their friends in the left-wing media to try to defend it. Uh, it's okay to weaponize the federal government as long as they're going after conservatives. That's the position of many Democrats in Congress, and you're seeing that play out, not just in the Weaponization Select Committee, uh, but you're also seeing it in the Judiciary Committee and in my House Oversight Committee. They are defending the indefensible when they defend the fact that our federal government has overreached time and time again. They're going after their political opponents. They're trying to censor conservative speech, and somebody has to stand up for the First Amendment. Somebody has to stand up for the American people, and that's what the House Republicans are doing. And you're seeing there, the House Democrats are doing everything in their ability to to block, to obstruct, and to allow our federal government to continue to run and operate in a manner with no checks and balances, and that is, is counter to everything that our founding fathers created this uh, great country on. Well, it's, it's never boring now. Uh- well, anyway, there it is. And uh, we have, well, there, the, the, we're going to play this Elliot Felig uh, clip here. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, this is good. Was uh, putting all kinds of messages on Truth Social. And Trump said, this is an attack on our country, the likes of which has never been seen before. It is likewise a continuing attack on our once free and fair elections. The U.S. is now a third world nation, a nation in serious decline. So sad. Many lawmakers and even candidates that are running against him were coming to his defense, including Mike Pence and Speaker McCarthy, said this is an attempt to interfere in a presidential election. The American people will not tolerate this injustice. Ron DeSantis, as Alexandria was, was mentioning, they're 
not planning to assist in the extradition request, given the questionable circumstances, he says. Uh, and Nikki Haley was tweeting. Tim Scott was. Uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin and Mike Pompeo, all in support of President Trump. And, and I would also add this. Uh, as you've noticed, and you might have noticed, New York Post has been pretty negative towards the former president of late. But in their editorial today, here's a brief expert uh, excerpt. Make no mistake, this is politically motivated prosecution. Questions whether this all happened because of Pomerantz's uh, wrote a book saying that Alvin Bragg dropped the ball and ended up being essentially a pride thing. His predecessor declined to bring the case after six years. What has changed? And with that, let's bring in Elliot Felig, uh, former federal prosecutor. Elliot, what changed over the last few years? It's hard to understand. What's new? It looks like... It's motivated by the criticism Bragg received in this book from his former deputy, Mark Pomerantz, for not going after Trump for other charges. It's not supposed to work that way in this country. The only reason this won't be laughed at of court, the only reason you can say this maybe has a shot, is because the jury pool is coming from a jurisdiction that voted 85 percent for Joe Biden. It's not supposed to work that way in this country. You're not supposed to bring criminal cases where the viability of the case only hinges on the pre-existing unpopularity of the defendant. What do you think will happen on Tuesday? Will we see him in handcuffs? He had said originally, bring it on, put me in handcuffs. Will we see him enter the courthouse through the garage underneath so that he's safe? And I know Secret Service will accompany him. I don't think the Secret Service would allow a former president to be handcuffed. They have a legal obligation to protect him. So I don't think we'll see him in cuffs. I don't even know if they'll do a perp walk. There are various uh, catacombs and, and and little secret back entrances in that courthouse so they could bring him into court without having to have pass by the cameras. But he's going to be brought to court. He's going to be handed a paper copy of the indictment like any other defendant. Right. He'll be told formally what the charges are, and they'll, set, they'll adjourn it. Exactly. And we don't know what the charges are. We have heard there are dozens. Uh, right. CNN, I think, is reporting 34. Right. So what could they possibly be? Because you've got to figure that Alvin Bragg, who is... You know, he wants to get reelected. He can't blow this. So if there are 34 counts, what could they possibly be? Well, firstly, based on everything we know about Alvin Bragg, he's fully capable of blowing this, notwithstanding the scrutiny uh, that this is going to justifiably get. But look, uh, maybe maybe every time that uh, a piece of paper was filled out in relation to the Stormy Daniels uh, payment, they're going to say that that's a separate charge. I don't think they even have a provable misdemeanor here, though. The misdemeanor requires a materially false statement. Is it really materially false, criminally false, to say an NDA payment is a legal expense. It was arranged by his lawyer, acting in his capacity as his lawyer. It's a legally binding agreement. I challenge anyone, whether your politics are right, left, or center, to say to me an ordinary citizen would be indicted seven years after the fact for characterizing an NDA payment as a legal expense. Could one of the charges be obstruction? It's possible. Witness tampering. It's possible the witnesses are going to say that pressure was applied in one form or another, and and that maybe gives rise to a charge. What about the uh, thing with business practices and providing information that inflated the the worth of a property in order to get a loan? That's what the DA, uh, that's what... Uh, the DA, Letitia James, brought right. that to him, found him, found him guilty, right. uh, fined him right. a couple of million dollars. Right. So that's a civil case that they're going after him for. Can separately. you use that, though? You, you could have, but that should have happened before a civil case goes forward. If you have the potential for both criminal and civil charges, typically criminal charges come first. Same. And they've gone civil through Tish James. So, Elliot, in, in a normal trial, if right. you have one juror who thinks 
He's innocent. Right. Then he's innocent. He's he's let off. What happens in a grand jury? Is it a percentage that gets yeah. to decide if he's indicted? Grand jury, you just need 12 out of the 23 grand jurors. Right. So it's inc- so in New York, that's going to happen. An extremely low bar right. to get an indictment. And speaking of New York, New York is the only state where they do not allow cameras in the courtrooms. Will, I've got two questions. Right. First of all, will they say, hey, <clears throat> this is extraordinary. It's former president of the United States. Let's have cameras in the courtroom. Yeah, judges have the discretion to allow it, sure. So <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I think it'll happen. Okay. Will Donald Trump take the stand if it goes to trial? Wow. If I were his lawyer, I would make it clear that the prosecution has the burden entirely, and I don't want to shift the focus to my client. And because you a, know uh, he would want to go to the stand to protect his name. It's going to be tough to keep him off the stand, but I think the wiser foreman, John Edwards, avoided conviction in a right. comparable case. John Edwards did not testify. Right. So this, this, uh, this judge, do you think it'll be this Juan Merchant, the same judge presided over the grand jury, the same judge that was the judge overseeing the case in trial with the Trump Organization and put the CFO at Rikers Island? He will almost certainly oversee the arraignment, but so much time can pass and so many things Sounds can like happen between judge. arraignment and trial. It's mm-hmm. not certain who and the trial What happens to Trump during arraignment and trial? Is he behind bars awaiting trial? No, no. He'll be, he'll be released on his own recognizance. Okay. And finally, Elliot, uh, given you know, the dynamics of New York being so largely uh, in favor of Joe Biden in the last election, right. could Donald Trump get a fair trial in New York? It's going to be very challenging. The judge, his lawyers will seek extremely broad discretion, extremely broad latitude in questioning jurors for potential bias. And the judge should grant that very broad latitude. And the timing would be after the 2024 election, by the time the jury is set and it gets on the calendar. Do you agree with that? Uh, Possibly. Could be be before the 2024 election. Typical, this is obviously not a typical case. Typical case goes to trial a year, so that would put us into March of 2024. Theoretically, it could happen before the next presidential election. Man, oh man. Were you surprised that the indictment was uh, unsealed, or rather, it wasn't unsealed, we won't know until Tuesday, but it was announced that he was indicted? I thought that it was going to be adjourned further, and there are so many unanswered questions regarding the viability of this case. All right. right. Yeah, Elliot, we'll say they told us it was going to be adjourned and they were taking a break for three weeks. They can request it to be unsealed before the arraignment, right? It's possible we'll see it before okay. the arraignment, sure. A little switcheroo. We thought sense. it was, wasn't going to happen and boom, there it is. Elliot, thank you very much. All right, so that was Elliot Felix. He was, he was just a, you know, a whole bunch of information there. Yeah. Let's take another listen to this clip. Knowing Alvin Bragg, the Soros-backed DA, I assume that he's going to try and stack um, several of these misdemeanors that a normal person would never be indicted for, let alone charged with. Los Angeles County Prosecutor Jonathan Hatami joins us now to weigh in. He's got his own personal announcement. But first on this, from what you know as a New Yorker but now living in Los Angeles, did this indictment surprise you? You know, I think the the issue really is, is that you have people like George Gascon, Alvin Bragg, Pam Price. They're basically rogue and and fake prosecutors. Uh, They're imposter DAs. And so they've been funded by George Soros and special interest groups. They don't care about public safety. They care more about politics. So I don't know much about the facts uh, because it's a grand jury and because the indictment is sealed. But just looking at it uh, from the outside, um, these, these, these prosecutors are not real district attorneys. They operate more based upon politics than they do upon doing the right thing. Um, they don't care about the public safety uh, or what's happening in the public. I can also tell you this, Brian. I've done numerous grand juries. And just to let you know, grand juries are supposed to be secret. 
Um, they're supposed to be secret because it protects the process, it protects the jurors, and it protects the indictment. And somebody leaked this information. And that in and of itself in New York is a crime. It's also a crime in California. And so people should look at what happened with that. And maybe, you know, Alvin Bragg should investigate himself because something happened there where this information was leaked. I got a uh, new clip that I want to play that I haven't even listened to yet. Um, this is uh, Joe Tacopia, Tacopina. Yeah. And he is with. Um, uh, George Stephanopoulos giving an interview from this morning uh, and he's going to I think it'll be interesting so let's take a listen. Now, now by President Trump's attorney Joe Tacopina. Joe thanks for joining us again this morning. So you, your team got this call from prosecutors last night. What did they tell you exactly? Uh, not too much other than there's been a true bill an indictment George um, and that we're working out logistics for an arraignment for next week. So that you then called President Trump. What was his reaction? Uh, initially shock, I will tell you. Um, Why was but, he shocked? But after he got over that initial, you know, you know, George, um, because at the end of the day, we were really hoping, and he was hoping that that rule of law would have prevailed. And and you know, look, but he had predicted there were all his these own rumors arrest. that. Oh, he predicted his own arrest based on a leak, George, that had happened about three weeks ago, um, where there was a law enforcement meeting that was happening the day before to go through the logistics of an arraignment. So he, he predicted it based on uh, rumors and leaks and whatnot. And, and this case has been permeated with rumors and leaks. Um, you know, as of yesterday, there was a four-week adjournment in the grand jury proceeding. So, you know, it, it was shocked because this actually is coming to fruition. I was always hoping that rule of law would have prevailed, George. But in my opinion, and I don't say this with, with pride or pleasure— um, in my 32 years as a lawyer, both as a prosecutor and defense attorney, um, I feel like the rule of law died yesterday in this country, and it's not something that I'm happy about. Well, you're saying that, but you haven't seen the charges yet. There have been reports that there are at least two dozen, maybe up to three dozen possible charges. Does that surprise you? Does it suggest there may be more here than you're expecting? Not at all. It's still, I believe, all focused around this Stormy Daniels confidentiality settlement agreement, um, completely legal settlement agreement that was made years and years ago. Um, I, I think what they've done was take each check or payment um, and, and an extrapolated account out of that. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be more uh, than what we expected as far as the factual patterns are concerned. So what should we all expect next week? Uh, George, you know, it's a great question. This is unprecedented in this country's history. Um, I, I, I don't know what to expect other than an arraignment, um, you know. And what will that look like? Through that normal process. Down. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. I understand they're going to be closing off blocks around the courthouse, shutting down the courthouse. Um, you know, we'll go in there um, and we'll proceed to see a judge at some point, plead not guilty, um, start talking about filing motions, which we will do immediately um, and, and very aggressively regarding the, the vi legal viability of this, this case. Mugshot, handcuffs, perp walk? Look, I'm sure they'll try and get every ounce of publicity they can from this, this thing. Uh, the president will not be putting handcuffs. Um, as far as the mugshot's concerned, perp walk, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm sure they'll try to make sure they get some, you know, joy out of this by by parading him. But, you know, I think this is a different situation. You have Secret Service involved here, George. You have uh, the New York State Court Officers Union with Dennis Quirk and his his team, um, the police department. So there's a lot of groups involved here, and I don't think they're going to allow this to become a circus as, as, as much as humanly possible. You, you say the rule of law is dying, but we do have a precedent here for this kind of case. Former Senator Presidential Candidate John Edwards was indicted. Now, he did. Mm. He was not convicted. That is true. But this is not an unprecedented case. 
It is, George. She was not only not convicted, that was a federal prosecution because these are federal campaign election laws. And, and that was a federal prosecution by the U.S. Attorney's Office who ultimately dismissed the case. And the key distinction there, George, was that John Edwards case, the payments were made by a donor, a donor. So that means campaign finance laws are invoked. Despite that, they still found that the payments were not made exclusively for the purpose of the campaign, and therefore the Justice Department dismissed that case. Look, the FEC, the Federal Election Committee here, did not proceed in this case. They, they found there was no violation. I've spoken to former Chairman Bradley Smith of the FEC, and he said there was no violation of campaign finance laws. The Justice Department here did not proceed in this case against the president. So there is really no precedent for this case. This is done with personal money, George. That's the key distinguishing factor. And and when it's done with personal money, it's a bright line test. Statutorily, the law says this. If the payment was made with personal funds and it would have been made irrespective of the candidate's campaign, it's outside of campaign finance. And clearly, that's what you have here. Well, that's, that may not be what Michael Cohen, obviously, is going to be testifying to. David Pecker, uh, the former head of the National well, he, Enquirer. He's going to have to testify to that. George, he's going to have to, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt, but he's going to have to testify to that if his under oath testimony when he pled guilty and has now become, you know, a changed man and a bastion of democracy. If that testimony was not perjurious when he pled guilty, he's going to say that because he said that in his plea guilt, in his guilty plea. Uh, well, I, I think we will find out what the evidence is when the, when, when the trial proceeds, if it does indeed proceed, when we all see uh, the arraignment as well. But this is not the only case that Donald Trump could be facing. We also have the Fulton County Grand Jury, the special prosecutor. Okay, so the Fulton County uh, Grand Jury, Yeah, that's where that wackadoodle crazy girl came out yeah. and was making a fool out of herself. She was into like pagan witchcraft and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah so that, I think that that one's probably going to be thrown out on that yeah. uh, reason alone. So, uh, you know, it's. Uh, and this is the weakest of the cases. Uh, and by the way, if they give Trump a number and make him stand, you know, like a uh, an arrest, like a, an indictment photograph. Right. Where you're, you have a number plate. Right. Yeah. Bill Gates has one, you know, uh, uh, Mick Jagger has one. They become instantly, like, immortally, like, he's famous. Ma- he's, mar- he's martyred if that happens. Yeah. And, and like you said, uh, off the air. Everybody's going to want that T-shirt. T- people will be wearing T-shirts with Trump's number if that happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're going to see ch- shirts, I am Trump. I am Donald Trump. Or I am number whatever, like Jean yeah. Valjean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to... It, it, it's unbelievable. His polls and his his um, donations and his polls have gone sky high since this all happened. Yeah. This is going to blow up in their face. Yeah. Absolutely. And so but that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out magapack.org, magapack.org, to help us um, support America First Policies to make America great again. If you go to magapack.org, make a donation if you can. The alternative is buglecall.org, and you can make a donation over there. That's our parent uh, 501c3, where we're using that vehicle to support the messaging for America First policies to make America great again. Your donations go a long way in helping us continue to do this effort. So please make those donations if you can. Also, use Red State over at MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com, use Red State as your promo code, 
And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonor Cravetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.